Please be advised that the following podcast does contain adult themes and languages. Thank you. Welcome to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. The podcast for everyday people by everyday people. I'm your host, Project Dave, and I'm back at it again to continue highlighting and amplifying the lives, ventures, and endeavors of everyday people just like you and me and learning from them along the way. When talking about everyday people and their stories, we can't help but talk about all their hard work. So grab a cup of coffee. I often think about what fuels a lot of these everyday folks, as well as what sustains me personally. Coffee certainly helps, but it can't just be any coffee. It's gotta be coffee made by everyday people for everyday people. The kind that when you brew it in a pot, it kind of just draws everyone to the kitchen and they're sniffing that aroma. Our beans are sourced from small businesses in the heart of the Appalachia. My personal favorite, the Route 39 blend from Lexington Roasters is a Forbes top-ranked coffee. You can also check the notes on each blend to determine flavor profiles, shipping, and more. Beans are roasted on a weekly basis to ensure freshness. So if you're looking for some extra fuel to aid you in your everyday lives, ventures, and endeavors, go to thegrindbluefield.com backslash shop dash coffee dash roast or click the link in the description to pick out your next coffee beans and brew a pot of happiness. The grind never stops. Meski, thank you for coming on the podcast to tell us some of your really cool experiences. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into some of these cool experiences that you've had now. We're referring to drugs specifically. So yes, we are. They're they're pretty fun, you know. Um <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give you guys Mesky's top five Top five trips. Most memorable trips. Most memorable. Should we rank them one to five? I'm deaf. I got them ranked in my Okay. So should we start? Let's start at five. Let's go to, let's save one, the best for last. Save the best for last? Yeah. All right. So we're just going to go right into it then, I guess. Yeah. So what's number five? All right. Number five was one that I actually had pretty recently. It was a a mixture of a couple of different things. It was a, a mixture of OPCE, which is the disassociative research chemical. It's uh, pretty new to the market. It's been around for a couple of years at this point. One of my favorite chemicals at the moment, too. Uh, and a little bit of LSD and some nitrous, of course. I got to have nitrous. And uh, so Ben had left for the night, and I was going to trip along because I had never really tripped alone before. So I started taking OPC like I always do. And um, yeah, not too long into it, I decided I was going to take two tabs of acid. And then I started just taking nitrous as soon as it kicked <laughs> in. I know that's like a lot pretty quick there. This one isn't the super memorable, but it is up there. Okay. It was just nice because it was my first solo trip. And uh, do you feel like it's there's a different dynamic when you're, I mean, it also depends on the drug, but do you feel like there's generally a dynamic between, you know, tripping alone and tripping with other people? Oh yeah, very much so. It's very different. It's like completely different worlds. When you're tripping alone, you get to do pretty much whatever you want, like put on whatever music you want, watch whatever you want. You want the lights on, turn them on. You want them off, turn them off. You just kind of, you get to, it's a little bit more immersive because you don't have somebody else there that's with you. You know, I find Ben to be almost like a, like an anchor, like grounding me, you know, because it's like, if I'm I'm tripping out, I always got him to take care of me. 
right to help me through it but with them gone you kind of lose that you know so it's a little bit nerve-wracking in that that you have that safety net and that security that's gone but at the same time it allows you a little bit more control over your trip because we are pretty synchronized and a lot of times when we trip lately we've been a little bit out of whack in terms when we trip we just haven't done it very much lately yeah but i mean when we did used to trip together last summer it was like everything was perfectly in sync we were totally vibing listening to the same music we like and everything but when i did this alone i got to listen to the music i like and i remember sitting on the couch and i turned on my favorite performance of radiohead radiohead scotch mist it's their uh performance of in rainbows that album and it was literally like tom york and the gang were there walking through my living room and literally <laughs> playing the music for me it, it was yeah. this crazy euphoric feeling of man this music's being made for me right that's a very spot. common thing i've heard especially for lsd is that oh yeah it feels like the music is for you yeah so i've heard that from a lot of people yep and disassociatives give you kind of a similar feeling in that regard and then uh doing nitrous on top of that man Unless he is crazy. a scientist by the way guys yeah recreational pharmacologist <laughs> <laughs> but yeah doing nitrous man when i take a hit i remember it's gonna all this shit's gonna make me sound crazy you know <laughs> but i was like staring at the fabric of uni- of the universe of reality with this weird bald-headed robot guy <laughs> it was like a brief 10 second moment but that's that was a pretty memorable part of that entire trip but the funny part about this trip was uh ben was gone i had everything starting to wind down i call call him about it and tell him what i'm going through of course i've been taking opc the entire night and uh his car got towed at one point when he was because he's over at my friend's ashley's and uh his car got towed and i got really pissed i was really pissed at the tow truck driver i felt (laughs) like they were being held hostage because i'm like ben can't come home until he gets his 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 car untowed and he can't do it because they don't open to it so i just remember getting really pissed and i'm thinking like these road pirates are keeping him <laughs> holding him hostage and that was what's going through my mind yeah, they had to really kind of talk <laughs> take you start calling. <laughs> don't <show> people road <laughs> pirates. <laughs> that's exactly what they are it wasn't like a legitimate like tow truck guy or even like a repo guy it was like i should probably shouldn't fuck with that it was like those those boot and tow type <laughs> man we need to find one that has an eye patch oh my God. <laughs> no, and, and they had to really talk talk me out of it and calm me down but i got really pissed about that yeah it was kind of a douche move on this tow truck <laughs> okay so that was number five yeah, number five. That was pretty memorable for a lot of reasons. And wait, what was it? So OPC and LSD and then nitrous. Nitrous. Okay. Okay. I'm ready for number four now. I think number four. <laughs> uh, number four was my first three tab acid trip. Me and Ben took that together for the first time, and this is when things start to get a little bit spiritual in terms of my list um, because we had taken two tabs before, one tab, you know, one and a half tab together a bunch of times, and then. Uh, <clears throat> And then we decided we were going to take three tabs together. It was during, he had coronavirus, so I was quarantined from work. We had a cable guy come over earlier in the day. And right as he's leaving, we decided to drop three tabs each. Can I fill this up quick? Yeah, go ahead. There. And uh, right as soon as he left, we decided we were going to take three tabs. And it was one of those things that um, 
as the day progressed, we weren't 100% sure that we were going to do it, but it was one of those things that was like, ah, we should do three tabs tonight. Get out of here. <laughs> Go lock him in another room or something. Seriously. No, don't lock him in there. That's mean. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to do that. Here, I'm going to give him food so he shuts up. All right, let me know when we're back in. All right, we're back in. So you had taken three tabs after the cable guy left. Yep, we took three tabs. <clears throat> And right away, we're like, oh, this is going to be a really strong tip trip because neither one of us had done past two at this point. So we kind of lay back on the couch. And for me, everything's looking like an oil painting and it's constantly moving. Um, everything's just like this super intricate Vincent Van Gogh oil painting. And we just keep looking at each other and say, man, this is strong. This is strong. This is strong. And uh, <clears throat> eventually we make it upstairs to our bedroom and we lay down in bed. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying myself. And uh, last time we had tripped, I remember closing my eyes and looking at the closed eye visuals and how crazy the closed eye visuals were in comparison to open eye visuals. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close my eyes. And so I lay there in bed with my eyes closed and it's good. And I sort of remember this like almost visual type thing of like, a shadowy figure myself like walking up to a door it's not it's very blurry you know but this door of light and it wasn't like a super strong visual it was pretty it was pretty mild and then i just remember thinking to myself holy shit what am i and i'm like what am i it's just the craziest feeling i've never felt that question like resonate with my soul like that it wasn't really like a question that you'd ask yourself even on a philosophical or spiritual level like it that question just resonated with my soul I'm like walking around. I'm actually kind of freaking out at this point. I end up taking a Klonopin just to kind of calm down because I had a previous prescription. Wait, what's to a it's a benzodiazepine anti-anxiety medication. Okay. I was prescribed them for a couple <clears throat> of years and I got off them early last year and I had some laying around for that exact reason. And uh, it does kind of calm me down, but I'm like, what am I I'm looking in the mirror? I'm like, I'm just this weird fucking alien creature. I got it. <laughs> a dick between my legs it's got to get messed with every you know couple of days and it's like just it's just like this weird sort of i don't know i've never felt like that before in my life and so i go back into bed and i'm like huddled up in fetal position at this point and i i remember this very strong feeling like that me and ben had been together in a past life and that i had lost him somehow and i remember looking at him and uh he's just like sitting there the whole time he's like it's okay it's okay because he's tell i was freaking out decent bit yeah and i just looked at him with super lovey-dovey and i'm like i i feel like i lost you you know i'm so happy i found you again yeah <clears throat> and um things kind of progressed like that me mostly just in fetal position and him just talking me down calming me down a little bit you know it's okay it's okay and um but yeah that, that was the first time i've ever felt anything like that that feeling of what am i like i literally I didn't know what did it was. Did it bring you closer to your identity? I can't say it did. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times people say that psychedelics have a lot of answers, but I think a lot of times they give you more questions. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the lessons I've been taught from psychedelic drugs is you're never going to know the answer to anything. So just roll with it. Have fun. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good quotes by like famous psychedelic pioneers. Like There's one by Alan Watson. <clears throat> like I kind of agree with it and kind of don't but it's like once you get the message hang up the phone 
don't know if you've heard that. Yeah, and I've heard Terrence McKenna's rebuttal, which is don't hang the phone up on your teacher. You know, it's a constant dialogue. <laughs> it's a constant, consistent dialogue, and you're constantly learning stuff from this relationship. And um, it's hard to say which way is really what, which way is really light. I don't see myself hanging up the phone ever. Another yeah, a, another quote that I've heard is once that door opens, it will never fully be closed again. You can never close it fully once it's open. And uh, so that, that that quote for me is pretty powerful because I feel like ever since I was first interested in psychedelic drugs, you know, I obviously had that door open, but then once I tried them, it was like full fledged open and it, it I don't think it'll ever close again at yeah. this point. Is all I've I've gone through periods of relatively high use relatively low use and but it's it's always i've always had that curiosity and that drive ever since that first lsd trip when i was 16. yeah i feel that yeah but i remember being um like first hearing about drugs and first wanting to experiment with them i was probably like 12 or 13 and people talk about weed i'm like oh that sounds cool like it makes you see stuff and all that stuff and I found out that it doesn't. I tried it. I'm like, it doesn't. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, you know, it's still interesting, I guess. And then people were telling me, oh, the thing that makes you see stuff is LSD. And then my quest began for LSD. It took me a few years to ever find it. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a little side quest for you. Yeah, a little side <laughs> quest. But eventually I found LSD. And that's been a, a, a very um, prominent drug in my life, I guess. Right Comes on. and goes, you know. it's not. So, I've, I've used LSD maybe about... 25 or 30 times in my life. So do you document every time that you use it? No, by no means do I document it. Do you keep like a mental journal of it though? Sometimes, but I'd say there's a lot of trips that have just sort of been lost to time at this point. But some of the more memorable ones, it is mostly a mental. um, The only trip I actually made a legitimate report for was the Benadryl trip, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. (laughs) Which number is that one? That one I'm going to put at next. I'm going to put that one at... at, um, what is it, number three? Yeah, good. Did five, four, and then three. So that's the only one I ever wrote for. Uh, okay, hold on. Before before we segue into number three, I need to bring up okay, what was the quote? So uh, I was asking you about this trip, about Benny trip. Yeah. And I was asking, you know, oh, because he was explaining to me the details. And so I said, was it a good trip or a bad trip overall? And he said, well, there's no such thing as a good trip on Benny. So so let's just let that be the preface for this next number three. Yep. There's no such thing as a good Benny trip. That's there's one thing you can take out of the podcast today. <laughs> um, so Benadryl, obviously, in lower quantities, and that's dihyphenhydramine is actual chemical in it. You know, it's a good uh, what is it? Antihistamine, I think. Anyways, once you start to take really high doses of it, uh, like over 500 milligrams it becomes what's known as the deliriant um which just makes you delirious it's like sort of being in a dream or in my case a nightmare while you're awake (laughs) and everything's really confusing it doesn't make any sense you know so it does make you trip but don't go to your cabinet and just start taking benadryl it's just (laughs) it's not a good time at all it's really bad we're telling you this so you don't make the same mistake. You know, the funny thing is, is I kind of knew that going into it. I kind of knew, oh, it's a bad time. I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. You know, let's see what happens. Maybe they're all just full of shit. And so <laughs> I don't. They were not full of shit. No, they were not full of shit. 
I don't really tell people not to do it because I know if they have that mindset of I'm going to try this, it's like, well, they're going to do it regardless because that's the way I was about it. Yeah. And, um, harm reduction. Yeah. Just, I think <clears throat> most of the time when people find out that Benadryl in high dose is a, is a, a drug, they realize pretty quickly from just from reading stories, reports and everything on the internet, if they research it at all, which they should, if you're going to do anything, research the shit out of it. But even if you're going to do math research that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get some fentanyl test strips and, and do a reage testing. Make sure you're getting real good old American meth, <laughs> not some Chinese flocka research chemical. Right. But yeah, I think most people who hear about Benadryl also hear that it's a bad time, but they're not going to listen anyway. So if they're, if they want to try it, they'll try it. Um, if they're okay, a normal, so- sane human being, they, they won't. <laughs> So what was your experience with it? Okay. So I took 750 milligrams of it. I had swallowed like 35 capsules of, of Benadryl. Wait, 35 capsules? That sounds like mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. You're basically <laughs> giving yourself whatever that system in your brain is that it deals with. You're basically poisoning it to get high from. <laughs> yeah. So 750 milligrams, each capsule is 25 milligrams. So whatever the math is on that, but it, it was something like... I think it was like 35 pills or something like that. Um, yeah. And I don't really feel much. <laughs> I kind of lay down and listen to some music. I'm not really thinking much of it. And then um, I'm going upstairs. I'm texting my my boyfriend at the time. His name was Nico. Kind of texting him. And um, for whatever reason, I got my mind got caught up on loperamide or heroin, which is loperamide. I mean, those two are very unrelated chemicals. Loperamide is an anti-diarrheal, but it's actually an opiate. That's a pretty interesting topic too. It just doesn't cross the blood brain barrier. So even though it's an over-the-counter medication, it's technically an opiate, but it doesn't get you high. But for whatever reason, my mind got caught up on that and I, I text him something and I, I just think I texted him. I might H, which is, I don't know what my mind was on, but I, I thought like I'd be texting him and all of a sudden I'd think we're having a different conversation that we weren't actually having. Yeah. And then I'd snap back to it. I'm like, wait, what were we talking about? So it was really confusing. Yeah. And then just, I, I kind of <clears throat> said, Hey, I'm really tired. I'm gonna go to bed, which, you know, was somewhat true. I guess I was really tired, but, um, it felt like my lungs were filled with sand. And this is when I start freaking out. I'm like, am I going to fucking die? Because I've never felt that. I literally, the amount of effort that went into each breath I, I took, the amount of, of muscle and just sheer effort I had to put into just breathing was insane. It literally felt like my lungs were filled with sand. <clears throat> and uh, so I start freaking out. I go to the bathroom. I'm having trouble swallowing, you know. Um, and then the bugs start. I start seeing bugs everywhere. I'm talking spiders and holes in my wall. I'm, I'm sitting on the couch. There's this big flat bug next to me. I'm like freaking out because there's literally bugs everywhere. I feel like my lungs are filled with sand. My dick shrunk a little bit because <laughs> I'm so damn dehydrated. It was just crazy. And I'm like, I got to go fucking lay down, you know. And then, um, yeah, I saw these two spiders on my wall. They're just these holes in my walls and they, they start crawling around. So it's the most vivid hallucinations I've ever had. Wow. In terms of if drugs, um, I literally couldn't distinguish them from reality. And the confusion was real too. At this point, 
I don't know, you're making me sound like a benzo addict because at this point, this was, <laughs> this was years ago. This was like seven years ago. And so at this point, I'm like, I'm going to go take some Ativan because at the time I was being prescribed Ativan. And I'll talk more about benzos in a minute here because I do want to follow up with something like that. <laughs> but yeah, for that, I, for a brief period of time, I was prescribed Ativan. So I went downstairs and took them. I'm like, holy shit, I, I got to get this. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go to sleep. I gotta get rid of this shit. I've been losing my fucking mind. So there's this, I go back into the room and there's this weird, like moth-like ball type thing. It just keeps growing its wings whenever I'd look at it and get more and more wings. Lamp boy. And yeah, for you. <laughs> the lamp boy. No, it's like a moth thing on my wall. And it, I could tell the, the rational part of my brain could tell that it was like, um, a piece of paint, like a, a paint flake on the wall that was causing me to see that and hallucinate it. And this thing scared the shit out of me for whatever reason. That particular hallucination did. Yeah. So at that point, I, I grab a pocket knife and I start cutting into my wall trying to get rid of this. Jeez. Yeah, I end up stabbing my wall. I'm like cutting into my wall trying to get rid of this paint flake type thing <laughs> so I can stop hallucinating it. And what I did was I created a hole in my wall. Now I'm looking at it and like there's two of the fucking bastards. Um, there's literally two of the little bug things and cause my depth perception was way off. I missed the thing entirely. <laughs> I ended up just cutting a little hole in my wall. Damn. That is wild. <clears throat> and then, um, I lay down in bed and everything in my room at this point, this is just like a, a mental note of it is that everything looked like it had this very dusty old grainy texture to it. Like everything looked like it was like sitting in an abandoned building. It was weird. But, um, I lay in bed. I don't, I don't think I was asleep at this point, but um, I just kept hallucinating that I was at work and I was just laying there in bed, just hallucinating that I was at work. And I thought that my mouth was shown sewn shut and that uh, if I opened my mouth and tried to speak, um, I would scream. And so I'm just laying in bed for the rest of the night, just like bringing people out for bread, <laughs> thinking my mouth sewn shut. And that's pretty much it. I, I passed out at some point during that whole shebang. And then, uh, you know how many hours that lasted? About six, I'd say. Okay. About six. Yeah. But I, I did keep kind of coming back to reality when I was ringing up the lady for bread. I think I'd try and say something. Um, but yeah, yeah it was weird. <laughs> oh, at one point I was grabbing for shit that wasn't there. I got up to go to the bathroom and I thought there was like a fruit cup sitting on my bed. So I go to grab it and I'm like, oh, that's not there. And so there's like a lot of shit that you see. That sounds that, disappointing. Yeah. You see like a lot <laughs> of shit that's not there. I've heard of other people like seeing cats and then they're like, oh, I don't have a fucking cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you see a lot of shit that's just not there and you try and grab it. It's very confusing, disorienting. Like so I said, moral of the story, don't do Benadryl. Yeah, don't do Benadryl. There's literally any other drug. There's no reason to. Yeah, there's no reason to do Benadryl unless you're really trying to hurt yourself. Um, people In which case, please go, go see a yeah. therapist or something. There, there are a group of people out there that are addicted to Benadryl. And I don't what if someone had a Benny fetish? Probably. It probably exists. Getting uh, uh, <laughs> fetishizing somebody who's really delirious, like somebody just who's really delirious, like, hey, come, baby, come touch my dick. <laughs> but they're just a really delirious person that's doing it. I don't know. I'm guessing that exists somewhere. What People number is the ayahuasca trip? I'm going to put that at number two. That's next. Okay. We're going to dip into that one next. Wait, I think you did you want to touch uh, one more thing on Benny? Yeah, a couple of things yeah. quick. Um, 
And people mm-hmm. are, they are starting to realize that there is some addictive potential for, for Benadryl. And I don't fully get it. I don't fully know. It. I'm, I'm akin to believe that if, if you can get addicted to Benadryl, you can get addicted to anything. I, somebody posted um, and said that, you know, it's just a form of self-harm. If you're literally hurting yourself, yeah. you probably hate yourself and you're taking Benadryl to punish yourself. Just like somebody who cut their wrists or something. I don't fully right. understand it, but there are people out there who are addicted to it. Oh, yeah. uh, so there is some potential for it to be addictive, but I don't, I think anybody will tell you that it's not a good time at all. Um, another thing I want to talk about was benzos. There's been a couple of times I was prescribed benzodiazepines throughout my life. <clears throat> and although two of the stories so far involve me taking benzos <laughs> to kill the trip, those were the only two times I've ever taken benzos to kill a trip. I'm not a bitch. You know, I, I, I follow through <laughs> with my trips. It was just those two that I had to kill. Um, yeah. But yeah, also benzodiazepine addiction is real and the withdrawals can kill you. So don't do those drugs if you can avoid it. But anyways, so now we're going to move on to ayahuasca. Yeah, let's. Okay, this one I'm looking forward to because I preface this one. Here. All right, so to preface this one, let's. This is the perfect preface. You did ayahuasca in your friend's basement. Yep. And you expected it to go well. <laughs> But it didn't. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah, these are making it sound like I just have bad trips. No. <laughs> wait, are any of these like what's okay? No, I'll, I'll wait. Till... Um. Uh, wait, are any is of these number one a good trip? Number one is a great trip. Okay. Number one is the wait. Best well, then trip. now that I think of it, number five, I think you said was good. Oh, number five was a good trip. Even number three was a good trip. It was very intense. It was very spiritual, but it was beautiful. Number three was a good trip. I'd say on this list. The only one that was what I would call as a bad trip is the Benadryl trip. The ayahuasca was definitely a bad trip too, but but no, I'd say if you want to call if you want to call them good and bad trips, let's say um, five and one are good trips. What is it? Four is probably somewhere between. It was a very intense trip, but I wouldn't call it a bad trip. It was a little scary at times though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's too bad to be in fetal position, <laughs> <laughs> getting your head rubbed and shit like that. Freaking out, so not knowing what you're It is pretty comfortable, I guess. Might need to go try that. Okay, so you took ayahuasca in your friend's basement. Well, leading up to the ayahuasca, there's a whole bunch of shit leading up to the okay. ayahuasca. I got time. <laughs> we got time. So I had I had heard you can just order the shit for ayahuasca on eBay, which you definitely could at the time, and you still can. It's just you can't get it off eBay. eBay won't let you eBay starting to get some pretty stringent rules about botanicals. Um, <clears throat> but you could, you can just order the, the root bark and um, that stuff on the internet. So I used Syrian rue and then I think it was, it was like a Kaya Confucia root bark. It wasn't Mimosa Hostilis root bark, which is the other one people use. And um, so I ordered those guys and I found the recipe just on YouTube. Honestly, it was in the comment section of the YouTube video. And they said, put the stuff into capsules, which I did. And then they said, take like two grams of the Syrian roux and however much of the other one. So that was where my information came from was eBay and YouTube for this. (laughs) Great resources. (laughs) Great resources. A comment on a YouTube video. So I'm like gearing up for it. I have the stuff in my cabinet. I'm trying to think of when's the perfect time. I'm going to pick out the perfect time and I'm going to go do this. I almost took it before going to the fucking concert. 
Uh, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't going to be the full ayahuasca. I would have just taken the Syrian route. That was my my thought process. Maybe I should try the, just the Syrian route because I've I've been told that Syrian route on its own has some, um, some hallucinogenic like drug like properties, but it's an MOAI, um, which stops your body from breaking down the DMT, which makes it orally active, and that's how the um, the ayahuasca brew works. Is basically one leaf makes the other leaf active, but yeah, but on their own they're not active. One of them's not active at all, and the other one's not active very much. Yeah. So I I wasn't actually making a tea with the ayahuasca; I was putting it in capsules. Um, and so finally I picked the right day for it. I have like a shift, um, at work where I get off at like two, the day of, and then uh, the day after. I think I didn't have to go into like, I don't know, it was like probably like 10 a.m. So I had like a solid, what, 20 hours of free time for it. So I'm going to do it at my buddy David's house, which I've, I've done a lot of trips at David's house. Not this David. Yeah, I was going to say not me. <laughs> I've never let anyone get ayahuasca in my basement before. That's probably a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you get the dose in a little better than I did. But at this point in my psychedelic career... I was under my my thought process it's a was career. It's, yeah. I wish we got paid for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Good. Get paid in brain we damage. Get paid <laughs> no, we get paid spiritually. I was say it spiritually, but brain damage works too. Sure. No, we get paid spiritually, and then uh, people look at us funky because we look like we do drugs, and we do so. Okay. All right. So, where are we with that one? So. We're leading up to it. You're listening to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, you should come check out all of our fresh new merchandise and apparel that just dropped on our store. We've got t-shirts, pants, sweatshirts, hats, phone cases, water bottles, coffee mugs, shoot, even blankies, and a ton more. All made with comfy fabrics and premium materials, they feature our signature logos, catchphrases, guest picks, and come in all sizes. Now shipping nationwide right to your doorstep. Just go to illuminatingmyceliumpodcast.com or click the link in the description to pick out your next gear and become the mycelium. I've picked the day that I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually going to a uh, like a furry picnic the week before. And uh, I meet this girl while I'm there and we talk about it. And I'm like, oh, you like psychedelics and shit like that. I tell her about some of my other trips. I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? Do you want to try ayahuasca with me? She says, sure, I'll try ayahuasca with you. She didn't, she knew what it was and she had done multiple trips before. So I figured, you know, she's pretty experienced. <clears throat> um, so we go over to my buddy David, David's house. He lives in a townhouse with his parents at this point, his mom and his stepdad. And they're home in the beginning of it. I don't know what, what point they left, but they did leave at one point. But they're literally in a townhouse. And this is like the middle of an afternoon on a Wednesday or Saturday or something. It was not the time for what the events that, that took place after. So we go over there. Uh, we go for like a walk because we're waiting for David to get home. So 
we took the Syrian roof 30 minutes before we were going to take the other stuff. And we're just walking around at this point. I know it's not going to kick in because we only took half of the drug. Yeah. <clears throat> we took the, the other half we hadn't taken yet. David comes home, gives us a ride back to his basement. And uh, we take the other half of the capsules. We kind of chill around. We're thinking, oh, you know, what are we going to do? Like, what's it going to be like? You know, our previous experience at that point, I was more experienced. I had that was uh, the Benadryl trip was prior to that. Um, and, you know, I'd done a bunch of other psychedelics, but we didn't quite know what to expect with ayahuasca. We thought it'd be like another psychedelic. Um, so we actually we weren't really feeling it much. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a, a little bit more. Um, I think I took one extra capsule of Syrian Rue and then like three, maybe even four extra capsules of the other shit. And um, we're just chilling there. David then throws on um, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, which I had never seen. Yeah. And uh, I'm watching that movie and then it all of a sudden starts hitting. I start to like just feel uneasy. Uneasy is the way I describe it. I'm like, hey, man, we got to turn this off. It, 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 it changed real <laughs> quickly. I'm like, we got to turn this shit off. Then after that, I lay down in the bed and I can feel my body glitch through the wall and like down into the floor. And I'm looking across <laughs> this like bridge going across the river. The visuals on this were unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm like, holy shit, guys. I'm legit very vocal about the fear that I'm experiencing at this point. Yeah. I have never been so afraid in my entire life. <laughs> I'm like transporting all around the world. At one point, I was looking at the ground and like three bicyclists drove over me and I, I wasn't like a physical body in these places it was yeah. like in some of these places i felt like i had seen before places from my childhood um but i couldn't quite put my finger on it <clears throat> at this point i'm literally freaking out I'm, I'm like david i'm so scared i'm literally screaming at them i'm like i'm so scared i'm so scared i'm so scared yeah and um it was very there's a lot of flashes of like visuals the other girl i was with and I'm not going to mention her name. I, I'm going to try to leave her out of the story as much as possible. Um, uh, she hasn't come up at all. She hasn't felt any effects from the drug whatsoever. So she's kind of like guiding me through it. You know, they're both trying to help me out. Um, but I just kept saying, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. You need to kill me. You need to kill me. I kept saying that over and over again to David. I'm like, kill me, kill me, kill me. <clears throat> and um, then all of a sudden I'm laying in a field. The, the brightest, most vibrant green color that I've ever seen in my life. It like, it's almost hard to describe it. And this crazy little green lemur creature comes up to <laughs> me. I, I kind of joke that she's my spirit animal, uh, but I don't think so. But that's one of the few entities I've met under the influence of drugs. And we didn't talk very much. I could tell she wanted me to come with her somewhere. And I keep saying, I'm so scared. I, at this point, my mind's gone and I don't know what's left of my body, but <clears throat> I see this little green creature and she's speaking to me and she speaks in this buzzing language, just like buzzing. And it's, it's not like cartoony or acid visuals. It's like Discovery Channel, like 4K Ultra HD, green lemur creature, vibrant green field. Um, she hangs out with me for a few minutes and then realizes I do not want to go with her wherever she's trying to go. And then we go back and see more gears. And for a while there, I just end up, um, I just sort of lay there in bed and uh, I'm just tripping hard. Like I'm, I'm just seeing lots of flashes of different things. I see the gears, I see my parents. 
I see a lot. I kept thinking of my friend who I did have a friend at one point attempt to kill himself on mushrooms one time. I'm making psychedelics sound really bad, aren't I? I'm making them sound awful. Mushrooms are awesome. <laughs> mushrooms are awesome, but that doesn't mean that people with unstable mental health yeah. should mess around with them. There's a lot of risks. Especially if they have schizophrenia. Well, he wasn't cool. schizophrenia. He, he was, um, I don't fully understand the story, but that actually, it, it hurt me a lot. But I kept thinking about that because I'm like, holy shit, I, this is another one of the few times I gotten so high that I forgot what drugs I took. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm laying in bed. I'm like, what did I take? And I keep flashing in and out of full-blown ayahuasca visuals. Um, and I'm like, what did I take? I keep thinking about him. And I remember... <clears throat> looking at the clock and it said something like 526 or something and i looked at that clock for hours what felt like literal hours and it just felt i just stayed at 526 and it felt like hours and then i just say to my friends um like that clock's been at 526 for a very long time and all of a sudden like that i'm back out of it like i'm sober like a light switch at that point i don't know why that's so drug that, does that. Uh, the number 526 like represent anything or you not at all that might not even be the time that it was okay i just remember that it took i remember looking at that clock and it hadn't ticked for what felt like ages it hadn't it hadn't changed i was just staring at it for hours and i'm like it's still says, yeah time is a trippy concept dude time psychedelics it, yeah well and in general too obviously but but it's like if i've never seen time slow to that much the whole trip felt like it was multiple days honestly like just how far gone i was um but well, really it's about DMT four hours release, like when you die and that's where sometimes people think that they're in like heaven like it's eternity it's like i guess that. i went to hell then <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i don't think i went to hell i think i just wasn't ready for what i was about to see so purgatory just kidding i don't know green lemur place i guess <laughs> that's like mechanical like no she's a sweetie i wish i'd seen her again like she wasn't an evil spirit at all i i wish that i got to see her again but i haven't seen her maybe since. you will I, I, I hope so. I do. I'll leave it at that. I hope so. All right. So should we get <clears throat> well, to the last or There's still I, more to that oh, story. Oh, shit. This is a big story. I don't, I do want to keep, <laughs> I don't want to tell the other girl's story because I know that she was pretty traumatized by the whole experience. Okay. Um, cause keep in mind, I'm like 250 pounds. She's like 130. Yeah. And, uh, she took the same dose of me. I didn't, I didn't quite get that at the time. I still don't fully understand how that all works, but so she was still sober at this point. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm coming back. I'm back to reality. Like I said, it was like a light switch. I was tripping, but so much more lightly compared to what I was. Um, I'll, I'll keep her story kind of short, but eventually she ends up literally wailing full throttle at the top of her lungs, screaming, just screaming. I thought that I had given her brain damage. Like we almost got the police called on us because yeah. of how loud she was screaming. And uh, she was like that for almost eight hours. And I had to sit there and, and like hold her hand and keep her from grinding her teeth while she came back to reality. And Damn. it was a traumatic experience for her. You know, I've learned to live that kind of Okay. You can totally not answer this because this might be a little bit private, but did she have trauma going in? that i don't think so the only reason why i'm asking I is because like you know i feel like that's something that like i'm not super experienced in ayahuasca obviously you are more than me, mm -hmm. but i feel like it brings out 
a lot of what's inside. Yeah. So, you know, maybe she was already struggling. You know, I know she struggled with depression, but I didn't know her very well. We had known each okay. other for a week at this point. Yeah. Um, one thing I learned is that overstimulation on DMT and uh, other tryptamines is, is very real. I've felt this experience since then as well. Um, yeah. what, by the end of the trip, I had figured out how to kind of walk her through it. Um, no lights, no sound, no talking. Um, she would talk to me nonsense. And if I tried to reply, she'd get very, very upset. So I just sat there in silence, just listening, um, turned off all the lights, closed all the blinds, made sure there wasn't a lot of sound. I just kept it very quiet. Um, okay. I, I wanted to minim, mimer, uh, I wanted to minimize her sensory input because yeah. I, like I said, I learned during that, that overstimulation is very, very real. Um, and I think that's eventually what kind of calmed her down was just the dark and, and all that stuff. <clears throat> but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Hold on one second. Sorry. Very good. Okay, perfect. So now we're on to number one. We're saving the best for last. Best for last. Let's an actual last. good trip. Yeah, this is a good trip. <laughs> I think the ayahuasca, I mean, I don't think there's bad trips, honestly. Like you they, learn from that, I've, right? I learned from everything. Even the Benny trip I learned from, which is don't do Benadryl. <laughs> that's, that's the lesson I learned. When about. the drugs tell you to stop taking drugs, that's Yeah, the dude. Bad. Yeah, exactly. That's what ayahuasca was. Ayahuasca is like, man, you think you know psychedelics, you, you know, you think you got this figured out. And then, nope, I got slapped around. I got my ass kicked for that, for getting cocky with psychedelics. think legitimately my thought process going into that was, hey, it's better to overshoot than to undershoot. So that's where we went wrong. But anyways, the first best trip of my life, most memorable trip of my life was mescaline or San Pedro cactus. So I had got, again, off eBay, I got some San Pedro cactus powder, which contains a very low amount of mescaline. It's like 1% or less uh, of mescaline. And um, I had heard about it a couple of times on the internet years before. And then I started to do, actually I did a lot of research on this one. And there's a lot of opportunities I had to take it, but finally I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. So I fasted the whole day. I didn't eat 24 hours ahead of time. And I had capsules of cactus powder and I just started taking them one by one. I think I was taking actually about four at a time, handfuls of four <clears throat> of these cactus capsules. And um, I took, I think a total of about 150 to 200 capsules of this stuff. So it's almost a hundred grams in total. I remember that's what I was shooting for is a hundred grams of cactus powder in total, which is a lot yeah. on an empty stomach. I don't know how I managed to do it. I haven't been able to replicate it since, but um, yeah, I took a lot of cactus powder. I don't really feel much. Honestly, it's a very slow burn. Yeah. I didn't feel much going into it. It was about four hours when it finally started to kick in. I remember laying there and, and I was laying. This was in David's basement again, too. We we're all chilling. There's a bunch of other people. That must have been the chill spot. That was the chill spot. David's basement. He knows all about that. Was it kind of like the that seventy show, like their basement? Yeah. So David's <laughs> got this aura around him. David's got this aura around him that he's like the chill, almost like caretaker, almost like he takes care of the group. Yeah. So wherever he's at is the chill spot. 
you know, I'm, he's my best friend. I've known him since I was like five years old. So wherever he's at is the chill spot. When we live together in Brooklyn Park, it's like that was the chill spot. Uh, but at this point in time, um, yeah, we're kicking it in his basement again. And uh, I start to finally feel that we, I'm looking at the Yes. Have you ever seen the album artwork for the band Yes? I'm trying to think what the album name is, but it's like this guy canoeing around the world. It's it's a weird, it's a trippy album cover. And it was, uh, I looked at him, he's literally like canoeing. It's like super melty and wavy and everything's super drippy. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I smoke a little bit of weed because at this point in my life, I am smoking weed. Um, I don't do that anymore, obviously. Um, for a lot yeah. of reasons, I just get a lot of anxiety from it. Um, I probably would like it, but it's, I haven't tried it in like six years. CBD works for you. Yeah, I smoke my CBD flower, my fake weed, my Odweeds. Odweeds, man. Wrong bag, man. <laughs> yep. And um, I'm just tripping hard. It's the most euphoric feeling I've ever had. And the whole night I was just smiling, just super euphoric. It felt like a 24 hour long whippet. Yeah, we haven't talked about nitrous too much, but whippets are incredibly euphoric. <laughs> and it felt like that. But the reason why it's such a memorable trip is the impact it had on my life. I didn't think too much spiritually, but at the time I was in a very bad place. I was, um, I was suicidal. I just got out of the hospital for uh, depression. I'd, I'd quit my job, actually. I had uh, I'd used heroin for a little bit leading up to it, and then I I'd stopped, and I was going through just uh, this whole shit. Basically, I'm like, something's got to change my mindset, or I'm going to fucking kill myself. There's no way around it. Something has to change my mindset, otherwise I'm going to die. So I start, I get out and I start experimenting with psychedelics a, a lot more heavily than I was. This was when I was about 20 years old. This is before ayahuasca, but after, no, was it before Benadryl? It was after Benadryl. <laughs> it was after Benadryl trip before ayahuasca. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I remember laying there and sitting in the couch and just, I've always been a really awkward person very awkward person. I, you know, I don't really know how to interact. I've always been embarrassed about the way I am, you know, obviously being a furry and being all this other stuff. I, I've, I've always felt like I have something to be ashamed for, you know, something to be ashamed about. And so there's a lot of self consciousness that I've dealt with my entire life. And I remember just laying there and, and watching them, my friends, all my friends interact and, uh, realize I'm like, they're just as awkward and weird as I am. I have nothing to be ashamed for. And I still keep that mentality to this day of I'll walk around and I'll kind of like watch the way somebody acts. I'm like, yeah, they're just as weird as me. I don't really have to worry about it, you know? And um, yeah, the whole night I just sat there in pure bliss and I watched them and I saw that's when I, I realized my buddy uh, David is like this caretaker because his, um, his brother's got high functioning autism. He's got Asperger's and uh, his name's Kevin. And he had just gotten broken up with, with his girlfriend and he was not taking it well. And I just watched David just be a brother to him and take care of him for pretty much the entirety of the night. Cause he was really taking it really hard. And, um, I just, I felt like I could see everybody who they were like without the mask on it. It was so beautiful. Just the, the, just the beauty of it all. I just saw the way that everybody was. <clears throat> There's not really a good way of explaining it. That's the problem with trips. That's why I don't do trip reports. Because a lot of times there's not really a good way of explaining it other than how you feel, you know? And that's how I felt. This is just pure bliss. 
So were you like laying down most of the time? Like, is it like ayahuasca where you're like? I mean, I got up and I moved around. At one point, we, we I went on a car ride nice. to go get uh, my buddy's dab rig. <laughs> and uh, we actually almost got into an oncoming car accident because somebody must have been drunk, but they got head on into our lane. But we, you know, we obviously dodged that. I'm still here. Um, I didn't get into a bad car accident. I don't mess them, but I just like cried at the beauty, not like full blown sobbing, but I teared up at just the beauty and frailty of life in that moment. Um, I was sitting there in the chair. It was very difficult to move. The body, the body high was insane. How how difficult it was to move. Um, it just, I, it's, it took so much energy to move. It's like that weed body high where you're like, fuck, it feels so much to get up and just go grab something like the remote. So I just laid there and I watched them and I was sitting in a recliner chair. I wasn't like laying down and, uh, they all went to bed. I stayed up. This trip lasted 20 hours from the time I took it to the time that I came back down and came and decided to like go get behind the wheel of a car and drive <laughs> was 20, I think almost a full 24 hours. So it was a very long trip. I stayed up all night. At one point is when I ate the burrito and I'm like, holy shit, something had to die for this. And then oh, I, that's when you became vegan. I was vegan for three years after that. Um, I kind of realized looking in the mirror, I'm like, I'm always going to be ugly. You know, I'm just might as well stop putting any effort into it. So I stopped shaving and cutting my hair for again, like another three years. Um, uh, that trip gave me literally a three year afterglow and it was just pure bliss the entire time. Um, coming out of it, <clears throat> my depression was so much less than it was going into it. I mean, it was like gone. It was just, if I think you should, if I think people should research psychedelics for their use on depression, um, <clears throat> I think mescaline should be number one, honestly. Just it took away my depression entirely. You plan to do it again soon? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that the preparation takes so much. It's like I got cactus cuttings now. I actually should check in on those, see what's going on with them. It's like I should just do it, but it's like I don't, it takes a lot of preparation. Either you gotta do a full blown acid base extraction of the mescaline, or you gotta eat a fuck ton of cactus. And um, so it's something I would like to revisit a lot. I would love to revisit it. Um, and I definitely yeah. will do it again soon. Dude, I might do it with you. Yeah, I'll get us some mescaline for sure. Absolutely. Okay, we'll random question about it too. Is like, do you feel a connection between mescaline and your name Mesky? Yeah, that's how I got the name Mesky. Okay. It's from mescaline. That, that makes a lot me. of sense. I kind of said <laughs> that, but I just never really said it. Yep. Mesky's me. So. Uh, the colors are for my fursuit is um, uh, the colors, the three most prominent colors I see during any trip. I saw them on ayahuasca. Cool. I saw them on acid. I saw them on mescaline during any trip. Although mescaline, I did do this one trip with mescaline and I saw the most vibrant shade <laughs> of deep red. It was beautiful. That was a different um, trip. Mescaline. Um, is some sometimes the most visual thing it's the most pleasurable psychedelic one time i did have a mescaline trip and i was damn near blind from visuals i've always had a good time on mescaline i don't think you can have a bad time on mescaline um you know i think that is the best psychedelic out there in my opinion um but I, it's so gentle and so loving i felt like it had this spirit to it like it was this um this gentle father kind of like pulling up the curtain and kind of showing you everything very, very gentle. Um, That's awesome. So it was a beautiful trip and it saved my life. I, I often credit that trip with saving my life. 
It's awesome. <laughs> you know, I was telling Ben about this morning about distraction. Without getting too personal, I, t- I told him, I, I thought back on something. He's like, oh, you just found a really good way to distract yourself. My, I remember being about 19. <clears throat> and I literally couldn't get the thought of killing myself out of my head. I just wanted to die so fucking bad. Um, <clears throat> I had to literally just watch Trailer Park Boys because I'm like, I need something. I love that show. I love it. And I'm like, I just need <laughs> something to take my mind off the fact that I want to kill myself. Um, and that was maybe three months prior to the masculine show for that kind of <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty great yeah and uh it so i credit that that masculine for saving my life <clears throat> i seriously did and i've tripped on it a couple times i want to see ricky take masculine <laughs> good luck Bubbles with that man brandy brandon i'd take, let anybody take masculine i wish you could just go to the store and buy masculine <laughs> i seriously do Favorite psychedelic. That's how I got my name. Right, I'm definitely gonna try it. <clears throat> so yeah, those are my top five trips. It's a All decent. Right. Cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. You want to talk about more about uh, psychedelics at all? You have any questions about that? Oh, uh, can't think of any right now. I made him sound bad. I legit made him sound psychedelics bad. are good, guys. Do your research. Yeah, like Musky said, you do your research. Yeah. Like here's there's one. no such thing as a bad trip. Yeah, it might suck in the moment, but so long as you, like weak, you'll more than likely learn from it. So yeah, you're more likely so long as you don't make any life changing decisions on it. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, like don't don't think, <laughs> Oh, it's a drug, it's gonna wear off. It's a drug, it's gonna wear off. So don't try and kill yourself because you think you're gonna feel like that forever. Just don't. It's just ride like, it out. Ride it out. If you have to take something for the anxiety, you know, I don't keep trip killers on hand anymore. I don't keep benzodiazepines on hand anymore. I don't need them just because I've I've realized it's just a ride. It's a trip, you know. Yeah. Whenever you take mushrooms or mescaline or whatever it is, it's like you you paid the fare and you took the train, man. Just ride it out. Have a Make sure that you have a good environment. You have a good yeah. person that's not judgmental and that you feel comfortable sharing vulnerable feelings with. Yeah, absolutely. Quite frank about it because... You don't know what's going to come to your mind. I mean, if you, you know, whatever's on your mind recently, it's going to come yeah, out. Yeah, I've cried on a lot of trips, you know. More mushrooms than anything. I cry on mushrooms for whatever reason it is. All I get time. really inspired by them. I get inspired by them. Sometimes it's like a sad cry. Sometimes it's like a really happy cry. Sometimes it's literally just like my eyes watering. Like, I, I don't know what it is. But Okay, um, I think the, ne- okay, the next episode that we do together, we should, like, make, like, a, a character for each for each for each uh, drug drug yeah because you were saying before mescaline is like like a father pulling the curtain yeah almost grandfather like because there's no discipline there was no i mean it was it was just a very so maybe that's a grandfather psilocybin is maybe the father yeah yeah i would say that because psilocybin i do feel like there's times where it does not want me to fuck with it like i was a little bit nervous about taking it today just because you know i obviously you know i've been doing other shit i don't (laughs) think that the, the lizard kings will be too happy with me if i fully visit dude them. i want to meet the lizard kings one day how many grams do i have to take to meet them more than eight apparently because that's my highest dose i've ever taken <laughs> but if there's one thing you should take back from this podcast is that you know a lot of people are saying will say that that uh psychedelics are good and that they're this gear all and oh there's no such thing as a bad trip only a challenging trip it is what you make of it, you know? It's all about mindset. Some people have bad trips, and it's literally traumatic for them. So if there's one thing you should take away from it is psychedelics aren't good, and they're not bad either. It's just they're a tool like anything else. 
Um, I've had bad times. I've had great times. The best times of my life have been under the influence of psychedelics. And the times that I've literally prayed for death were on psychedelics too. Like it's, it's weird. It's, it's fickle. It's the only drug, you know, I've done every drug in the world. I mean, not every drug in the world, but I've done all the major Why are classes. you willing to take so many drugs? Do you feel like you have a good okay. psychology behind that? The best answer I can give you is <laughs> <clears throat> stems from just sheer curiosity. I'm curious. I want to know what do they feel like? Um, what, what causes the feelings like, like I remember before I ever tried heroin, and I always see it on TV, and they'd shoot it up, and then they just go to sleep. But you I'm saw like, it on TV. I've never seen someone do heroin on TV. Breaking Bad, he shoots up heroin. Oh, it might even be Speedball. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen it on TV before on movies and shit like that. I'm like, what is it? What is it about that <laughs> drug? It looks like they just go to sleep. Like, how's that fun? So at the time, I was doing a lot of amphetamines and shit like that. So I'm like, I want to go, 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 go. What's going fun about going to sleep? And then I try it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I see what they're doing. <laughs> I see what's happening here. Um, but I've just been really curious ever since I was young. I, I think I'm not a big fan of reality, at least as it's being presented, you yeah. know, and I, part of me wants to figure out more about it. Part of me wants to just escape it entirely. So I've tried everything. It's a weird conundrum. It is a weird conundrum. I want to learn more about <laughs> it while getting away from it for a while. I think we're all in that boat. Yeah, I drugs, you know? yeah. <laughs> I'm not a normal person. I'm very abnormal. I don't like normal people. I hate to say it, but normal people are boring. They got to be a little bit weird. Right. Just to be interesting. I feel that. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. But thanks for sharing your stories with us and yeah. coming on. Hell yeah, man. Anytime. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show and had fun while learning more from everyday people just like yourselves. To support us and help us spread these stories even further, please consider giving us a review or rating on whichever platform you're streaming from. There will be links in the description box just in case you can't find it. And for more news and all things everyday people, join our newsletter by going to our website. By joining, you'll also gain exclusive offers and discounts on Illuminating Mycelium merchandise and apparel from our store. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description and become the Mycelium.